Everybody, welcome into Action Sports Jack's Pile On Podcast with Brent and Dan. All the Jaguars are doing is piling on wins. Who would have thunk it? Six and three now, nine games into the year. First place AFC South, three-game win streak, first time since 2013. Overtime win, Dan, for the first time since 2009. The numbers keep going and going and going. Weird game, and no doubt this is a game the Jaguars would have lost every single time the last handful of years and really probably the last decade. I think that's important to point out because there's no question that that is correct. And the players echo those sentiments in the locker room. They knew it too, but somehow they got some breaks and they took advantage of them and they got some things go against them and they didn't fold and they found a way to win. Look, the Jaguars are going to be a playoff team. I mean, it's becoming pretty clear We thought that today was a big hurdle for this football team. They got over it just because offensive lines really beat up. Bosa and Ingram are coming after you. Um, Offense, you know, is not the best. And Phillip gives them fits regardless. But the defense rose to the occasion, made plays when they had to, and won the game for the team. Listen, there's a good, there's a bad, there's ugly in this game all around. I think this is a game, actually, Doug Marone and this coaching staff are going to love because you win. But they can go back and be Monday, Tuesday, whenever, and say, my goodness, if you do this again, there's no way you're winning games in the National Football League, and there's no way you're making a playoff run. They've won games when they have. They've dominated so much that I bet that tape looks so good that it's hard to go back and correct a lot. There was a lot to correct in this game, from silly penalties to drop passes to bad throws by Blake to not really getting good uh, lanes for your, for your running backs. Uh, really a lot going on here. You know, the Jaguars got a huge break on one of the last plays of the game, and I'll tell you what happened. A.J. Boye made an unbelievable play, right? Rips it away from Travis Benjamin. Presence of mind to turn around, return it. Gets it all the way down to the one-yard line. Well, Aaron Colvin runs out in the field, around midfield, and he gets flagged for taunting. Mm -hmm. Meantime, Jalen Ramsey's pointing his finger in Phillip Rivers' face. If he had gotten flagged for taunting as well— would that have been 30 yards of taunting penalties? Would the ball have been back at the 31-yard line where they've had to stay aggressive and try to get a few more yards? Would Lambeau have made the kick? Who knows? I think they caught a big break at the end. They've got to learn. You want to play with passion, but Marquise Lee also got one as well. Easy, guys. Easy. You cannot hurt your team. Doug Marone said it best. He said, whenever I come up here to speak, I think I want to say something. Is it only going to affect me? Is it going to just, you know, is it only going to, you know, if I'm going to do that, then I'm not going to say it. And I think he's smart about that. And I think his players need to heed some of his advice. Well, they got lucky at the end, too, that that kick wasn't blocked. It just blocked in return for a touchdown or a score. Because that thing got blocked. And and keep in mind, they had had received a five-yard penalty on the defense before that I'm not sure it gets in if they don't point. get the five yarder so uh, again that's what we're talking about breaks the officiating did not go the Jags way at no. home no home cooking there I, we thought there were five six seven plays that the Jags did not get the benefit of the doubt but again the resiliency things are going well and you got to keep that role and that momentum and the one guy that almost stopped it was Blake yeah. because Bortles was really having a good few weeks and starting to put together a pretty nice season turning the corner and I thought for 58 minutes to him he did a nice job. Now, was he unbelievable? No, but he had a lot of good moments, including a lot of drop passes. But man, those two throws, he cannot make those two throws. Keep in mind, it was second and four on the other side of the field when he threw the first interception Mm -hmm. with three or four chargers around. And then it was third and 25 
in field goal range, long field goal range, but in field goal range when he threw the second interception in the final two minutes. It just can't happen. Yeah, there's some weird things. Go back to the end of the first half too, Brent. There's 50 seconds to go. They have all three timeouts. They run it for eight yards. They're at about the 32, 33-yard line, and they don't try anything. Yeah. And that's – I think that's a sign. I think that it can hurt the confidence of the quarterback. You don't have faith in me. He was 11 of 12 in the first half. He's throwing the ball well. He's throwing it under duress, man. He's saving them sacks after sacks because of his athletic ability. I thought he played really good football for 58 minutes. I don't think it was just okay. I thought he was adding on to his resume, and it all came crashing down. And I always go back to what Tom Coughlin told us during training camp. He can't let that one bad play go, and then that one bad play leads to the next bad play. And you clearly saw a guy whose confidence was shattered after that first interception, and then all of a sudden you're nervous every time he goes back to throw it. <laughs> and the other thing is, look, Blake Boros cannot throw it 51 times. No, I can't. So you got to, you know, we got to jet sweep. We got to become a little more creative on the, on the run, something. Because there was, no, there was no ground game. Gus did a great job. He knew what to take away from the Jags. They put everybody up. And they took some shots. And the, the receivers got to help them, too. You're right. The, yeah. the drops there. Marquise Lee had the game won in overtime. Keelan Cole dropped a touchdown pass. Blake overthrew Keelan Cole one time. Mercedes, would that would have been a heck of a catch, but got his mitts on it. So they, they had some opportunities. Yeah, if I told you Phillip Rivers was playing in the game and Blake Bortles was playing in the game and one guy threw it 37, one guy threw it 51, you'd think Rivers was the right. guy that threw 51. Well, that's not the case. So you don't want him throwing it 51 times. Hey, overall, again, this defense is really good. I mean, they, really they, good. They did not. They had a fluky, No sacks. No sacks, but that's They won the Rivers. game, though. Yeah, the they, turnovers were unbelievable. Too Forcing big. a fumble, getting the pick by Boye. I mean, listen. They scored their touchdown on a pick play. It should have been called back. Yeah. And and then they had one bad series. They're probably their worst series of the year where they didn't have good tackling. They had some missed assignments. But those were the two scores. And outside of that, this defense can three of eighteen on third downs for the Chargers. That's outstanding. That's good stuff. You hold them to seventeen, you expect to win. And and they and, did. And they did. <laughs> and they did. And and it's look. So now you're six and three. All right. And you got Cleveland, Arizona, and Stantner Gabbert. And Indy, I got news for you. One thing about a Did really you say that tooth fairy, the tooth fairy. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. One thing about this defense, they will feast on these quarterbacks oh, yeah. coming up. They will destroy Kaiser or whomever, Gabbard or Stanton, and even Jacoby Brissett, who they sacked ten times the last time they played them. This defense against bad quarterbacks, forget it. Jags are gonna be nine and three here. In, a, in, in about three weeks. Yeah, they should be. Arizona still could be a little tricky. Veteran team, so we'll, no we'll question. see. But, uh, but I agree with you. I, I, think, um, I think they should be, unless they just play awful football. All right, main concern. Oh, by the way, to that point, uh, Tennessee plays at Pittsburgh this week. So you could pick up a game now on Tennessee. And, and then and even, Pittsburgh, even if Tennessee wins, that Pittsburgh loss, could the Jags get the tiebreaker with Pittsburgh, remember. Yes, so could so, Either way, it's, it'll be helpful. Yeah, see, it's way too early to project, but that last game in Nashville is going to be huge. It really looks For like For something. That. Maybe home field, maybe seating, maybe something. Maybe a bye. Maybe a bye. Oh, gosh, that'd be good. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I want a bye. I kind of want a home playoff game here and, and, and then another one. But we'll see. That would be fine. <laughs> we want a couple of them. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, one more thing on the Jacks. Yes. Blake Bortles obviously concerns people in that kind of situation. He had a chance to really prove him wrong, didn't do it in a close game. 
Here's the other thing to keep an eye on now is this running game. They are going to continue to load the box. Yes. Uh, they have some offensive line issues with health. And Leonard Fournette, now you have to wonder about his health a little bit. He had been out for 27 days, missed the one game because of an ankle, another because of a bye, another because of a, a, basically a suspension, and really didn't have the juice today. Now, a lot of that was the Chargers, but uh, he sat out like the fourth quarter pretty much. There's something up with it, yeah. and we'll see if it lingers. All I'm saying is keep an eye on it. We yeah. really don't know, but that's a big part of this. Well, two things. One – I thought he wasn't his explosive self, point A to point B, get out of my way, I'll run you over. I thought he was dancing a little too much. That's not Leonard Fournette, I don't think. Secondly, seemed a little sulky in the locker room after the game. You know, I know he's a kid, and he's probably disappointed regardless of what he says. He said all the right things. 17 for 33, he clearly wasn't thrilled about it. He expects a lot more. thought he was a little sulky, a little, you know, I me about that stuff. Like I said, he said the right things, but body language spoke more to me than that. Yeah, we so, both read that, by the way. And yeah. what, you, what you're saying there by Silky is not, I only had 33 yards, but you wonder if there's some concern internally in his mind yeah. on maybe the ankle or or what how healthy he might be. Yeah, or I'm not getting any, I, I'm tired of running through people. Can I get a hole, can please? I go, yeah, there could be a little <laughs> bit of that. Uh, the bigger, you can handle that part. Yeah. You can get bigger holes. Yeah. But the bigger problem is if he's not fully healthy. They need Correct. him healthy. Correct. Um, so that's a big part of it. So, all right, Jags go to Cleveland. We'll be there, of course, uh, with the Jags, Browns, and Jaguars next week on CBS 47. We'll continue to talk Jags uh, all the time. Let's uh, switch to college football real quick. All right. We're not going to talk about the Gators game. Not going to talk about Florida State. I mean, listen, we know what they are. It's, the the yeah. season's winding down. Florida um, State will win uh, its last three and get to a bowl. Florida will lose its last two and pack up the footballs. That's you think they will lose to UAB? I do. I don't think Florida will win a game. No. I thought Florida showed a better performance than a lot of people tried. thought they would. At least they tried. That was the mo- thing I took from it. At least they tried. Yeah. They did do that. All right. But now what are they trying to do in terms of fixing it with the next coach? Yeah. Still pretty quiet on this front, although over the weekend a lot of talk about Chip Kelly, yeah. which is the appearance that they are at least doing homework on Chip Kelly because I think that's why you're starting to hear some of these rumors. I don't know if it means he'll be the next Florida head coach, but it looks like there's interest, Dan. I think this is the best way to say it with with Chip Kelly and and what's going on at the University of Florida. I'm pretty certain Chip Kelly wants to get back into coaching, right? And I'm pretty certain Chip Kelly would think Florida would be a good spot. And I'm pretty certain that Chip Kelly had his people contact Florida. I don't know how much interest there is on Florida's side. But if there is interest, there's no reason to not hire Chip Kelly as soon as this week or next week. Yeah. If he's your guy and you've met with him and you feel good about it. Now, one guy reported something on it and it caught fire. Strickland came out on Twitter and said, don't believe everything you hear. And so, you know, he's done. He, Strickland, has done a great job of keeping this close to the vest. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I would think, unless it's Chip Kelly, He's going to, and Steve Spurrier also said, by the way, the next guy that we hire is coaching football right now, which would eliminate Kelly and Stoops. So I still think Scott Frost is their target, but it would be hard to argue with Chip Kelly if you want offense. His worst offense ever was like 10th in the country. Yeah, yeah. He's good from an offensive standpoint. Uh, and, and it wouldn't be, other than the NCAA stuff that he had in the past, I think he people worked would with be a excited about flag, it. He uh, worked with a flag football coach to help steer kids towards his school. 
a little bit shady. Yeah. Got caught with that. Had to pay a penalty or something like that. Show cause all that deal. Bottom line is, if they're going going after Chip Kelly, that can be done like any minute, any hour. It's, yes. There's no. You can do that whenever you want. If they're going to, if Frost is their first get or first guy, um, this thing probably won't heat up until the first week of December. And I think they'd love to name that coach. Look, all their homework is going to be done. It would just be let's. Out of respect for their jobs, we won't talk till the to, to them until their seasons are over. Absolutely, but right. I think they'd love to introduce the guy. Maybe Florida, Florida State basketball night, December fourth. You trot him out there onto the yeah, court. That'd be good. That would be good marketing. Just think about all the coaches <laughs> that were hired in the last year or two in the state of Florida, and everybody's nailing the, the hiring of their coach. Seems From like it. FAU to USF to UCF to Miami to all of them. Um, and Butch Florida Davis State already is, has a good one, and Butch Davis. Butch Davis been. six and two. Lane Kiffin, they play each other. Uh, Charlie Strong, Scott Frost, they're going to play each other. There's a uh, ton of pressure to get this right. They have to get this right. Yeah. If they don't get this right, they have a chance to become Tennessee. Tennessee shows you how hard. It, look, everybody thinks you're going to win eight or nine games every year. It doesn't work that way. Ten games, eleven games, twelve games doesn't always work that way. And there's a fine line between winning and losing, and it's a finer line than people think. They have got to find the right coach. They cannot have this offense anymore. Did the U prove they were back on Saturday night? And I've got a feeling now, Dan, they might be able to beat Clemson in the ACC championship game. Most surprising team in the country to me. I got them wrong. I'll admit it. I didn't think they'd beat Virginia Tech. They did. Didn't think they'd beat Notre Dame. They did. They're undefeated. They should be second in the college football playoff poll they'll probably be third but they'll play Clemson and if they beat them they'll be in the final four and deservedly so and hats off to Mark Richt who has done a masterful job down there and seems very happy which I'm happy for because you know some of these jobs are tough jobs man they're tough jobs. Tough jobs. And by Enjoy the, way, the moments. Sometimes just because you have a change of scenery doesn't mean you're a bad coach, and this is one right. proof of that. I mean, 15 years in a place is a long time. Right. Maybe change of scenery helped both Georgia and uh, Miami. They just keep getting better. I love when I see teams get better and you, it jumps off the page. Eddie. Yeah. You know, they weren't this good when they played Florida State and beat them in Tallahassee. Well, remember this, too. Now they're good. Remember this, too, Brent. You want to talk about a slow start for Miami. They had, they dealt with the hurricane big time. Yes, they had to go to Orlando and practice at Disney for a week or two. All of their kids they canceled a game. They were very sh- so they may just be hitting their stride now, whereas most teams were hitting it back in October. So it's a good point. Uh, Rogier's getting the experience, and they're doing it without their best running back. So again, tip of the cap. Well, however this shakes out in the college football rankings this week. It's really getting interesting because yes. Bama's going to be number one. Miami will be in the mix in By the, the top way, four. Bama's, I don't think, can win the national title. Then look at it. I don't think warts. Bama can beat Auburn, SEC champ, in two playoff games. I think the injuries are catching up to them. Mississippi State really took it to them a little bit. Yeah, they did. Uh, Oklahoma looks like they're on a roll all of Very a good. They'll have to get by that Big 12 championship but game. What if they lost to TCU in a rematch? What if? I but, mean, there could be a two-team loss in here. There could be as many as two two-team losses in the Final Four. And Clemson right there, but one of those teams is going to get knocked out potentially in the ACC championship game. And then Auburn could still play spoiler in all of this and be a two-loss team that plays its way in as an SEC champ. Yeah. Could happen. The Iron Bowl and then beat Georgia again. Very difficult. Yeah. Very, very difficult. But they look good on Saturday. They look really good. They look like they had the best defense, you know, in the country. And they 
shut down. Michelle and Chubb combined for 48 yards on 20-plus carries. It was right. it was the best performance. Everybody says just stop Georgia's run. Well, you can't stop their run. Well, Auburn did. So Auburn did it. Uh, hey, I think all the hype around Saturdays in college football are fantastic. The games really didn't play out that way on Saturday, no. other than Mississippi State and Alabama, but not many people were really hyping that game up. But this is still a very intriguing final few weeks, how this is going to shake out. Uh, whether we get a two-loss team in, could we still get two teams from uh, one conference in? Right. Who's going to get left out? The Big Ten's fascinating. Ohio State, are they back in it? I don't know. Is Wisconsin going to go undefeated? It's really fun in college football right now just to kind of play all the scenarios. Yeah, Wisconsin's a wild card, undefeated, haven't played anybody. Um, nice win over Iowa, who walloped Ohio State. But if Ohio State and Wisconsin played right now, who would you pick? Ohio State. Of course you would. Yes. Of course you would. And so Wisconsin's gotten that no respect is a great thing to have as a coach. Nobody here thinks you guys can win this game. And Wisconsin, they, we, we may wake up and see Wisconsin in the Final Four. All right, there it is. College football talk and Jags talk and a ton of Jags talk. We are in the Ooh. middle of November, and the Jags are 6-3, and three, an overtime win. They win close games. Coughlin Magic, baby! They got a lot going on. Jags have it all working right now, and they go to Cleveland, who is winless on the season. Don't blow that one. Do not <laughs> lose to Cleveland. Okay, Jags? You got that, Jags? Hey, that's the Action Sports Jags Pylon Podcast with Brent and Dan each and every week. Thanks for listening.